You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, everybody. Welcome to Rico Bronia, where the New York Mets have completed a really a sucky road trip. Let's be honest. They lose two out of three in Chicago. They lose two out of three in Colorado. They score a million runs over the last two days in Denver, and they walk away with zero wins. We'll go through the three games in Colorado, what happened on this road trip, and obviously our concerns moving forward. I think the headline from the three games in Colorado and really the headline moving ahead is the pitching. And it brings me back to a conversation we had probably multiple times over the last few weeks, and that was what concerns us about this team and what are we confident about moving forward? And my confidence remained that this lineup would find a way to score runs. Now, granted, Coors Field, <laughs> we, we have to keep that in mind. Some of the pitchers they faced, including a returning Kyle Hendricks in the final game of the Chicago series, they weren't exactly facing the late 90s Braves. But nevertheless, you can see the potential of this lineup, especially with Francisco Alvarez mashing the way he's been mashing over the last couple of weeks. So I think the concerns we all had about the lineup was centered around when are they going to call the young guys up? And then, hey, when will Buck play them consistently? That is finally happening. So when the Mets go out and score, you know, how many runs they did over the last couple of days. Let's see. They lost 11-10 and they lost 10-7. So they scored 17 runs in two games. Tack on the five on Friday. Uh, a bunch of runs they scored against Chicago in the finale of the series. This is an offense scoring a lot of runs. The problem is the pitching. And it's not just the starting pitching. Now it's seeped into this bullpen, but it's all connected. Because when you only get four or five innings from your starters, and now you're going to the underbelly of your bullpen, which is basically the entire bullpen. And let's be honest. How many guys in this bullpen right now does anybody trust? Like If you're making a list of relievers that you trust right now, who's on the list? It's David Robertson. And that's probably it. And we're going to do that, by the way, today on the pod. We will rank the seven or eight relievers. I guess we'll go with eight. That's how many they have right now. We'll rank the eight relievers in terms of confidence level. But let's go through these games. Let's go back. Let me get my scorebook out. I'm doing this live from, uh, not really live. I'm recording this from my parents' house. Brought the kids out to see Grammy and Grandpa. They're all having a good time. Uh so yeah, I've got I've got like a makeshift setup right now where I'm I've got a microphone on a table and I've got my giant scorebook that I'm going to go look back on because you know pe- people compliment me about my memory. I think I have a decent memory, but a lot of it is the scorebook. A lot of it is the beauty of the scorebook. So you go back to the opener of this series. Obviously, they're building 
off of what happened in Chicago, which, and good job, by the way, by Gallo and Hoffman doing a great job wrapping up that game and the Chicago series. But we see the Met offense explode uh, against the Chicago Cubs. They finally got to Kyle Hendricks, Francisco Lindor. I guess Francisco Lindor finally broke out really in the, the first game of the Colorado series. But Pete Alonso hit another home run. They got a big hit by Starling Marte on an 0-2 pitch. You remember what happened in that game. But we go to this Colorado series beginning with uh, Connor Siebold against the great Max Scherzer. And right away, and this was what was so encouraging from game one, right away the Mets scored first, which they have done so rarely this season. How often have they actually taken an early lead? And Lindor, two batters into the game after Brandon Nimmo had the quality at bat drawing a walk, Lindor hits this bomb of a two-run home run, and right out the gate, it felt like last year, taking an early lead and actually building off of it because Max Scherzer, who was shaky over the first two innings, I thought was really fortunate to get through the second. That was the inning he gives up the home run. There were a bunch of hard-hit balls. Pete Alonso made a great diving play, which he doesn't get enough credit for. But by the third inning, Scherzer really settled in and maybe through his best game of the season when all was said and done. But the offense explodes in the fifth inning. Brandon Nemo had the first of two triples. Francisco Lindor tacked on an RBI single. Brett Beatty came through with an RBI single. They took advantage of some bad Colorado defense, and the Mets were able to build a 4-1 to lead and hold on because Max Scherzer was great. We got a rare, not just a quality performance, but a starting pitcher going deep into the game. And he was able to fight through that seventh because the seventh inning, his last inning out there when the pitch count was getting into the uh, hundreds, it ended up at 102. That's when he got into trouble and he just toyed with Ezekiel Tovar, which he did basically throughout this game. But in that final at bat with runners on second and third, the game is close at the time now. It's four to one. So the Rockies are basing away from making it a game. And Scherzer gets a big out on Tovar and really puts together a great performance. And that was in a lot of ways, a vintage Max Scherzer performance. Shaky early, gives up the home run early to McMahon, and then really settled in innings three through six, and then muscles up and makes the big pitches when he needed to in the seventh inning of this game, getting out of it. But then we see this Met bullpen make you nervous. (laughs) It may make you very nervous. And of all people, it was David Robertson. Buck did his Let's go to my best reliever in the eighth inning trick, which, again, I love. I got no issue with it. With the top of the order coming up, Blackman, Profar, Bryant, Elias Diaz, who's had this incredible year. And Robertson immediately throws that hanging curveball to Blackman, who's been a Met killer over the years, let's be honest, to make it a close game. Hits the home run that made it 4-2. to two, And Robertson, to his credit, gets through the next three batters. Got a little lucky on Profar. Hit a line drive. It happened to be right at Brandon Nimmo. So Robertson gets through the eighth, but it sets up the ninth in which you wonder, okay, Buck, you use your best reliever in the eighth, all good with that. He's not asking Robertson to get six outs, which I didn't think. They were talking about it on the broadcast as a possibility. And I didn't think in this spot, coming off a win, first game of a weekend in Colorado, no off date on Monday, I didn't really think he was going to ask Robertson to get six outs. Because if you do that, and I know we've seen it before, but if you do that, you're eliminating him from Saturday and you may be eliminating him from Sunday. So you'll wipe him out for the weekend if you make a move like that. Now, little did we know that we wouldn't see David Robertson again. <laughs> more, more on that as we go through the series. But 
I, I kind of figured he was just using him for the eighth. But then in the ninth, gives Brooks Raley the first chance to protect the lead. Now, this is right after the Mets added a big-time insurance run when Nimmo had that second triple of the game, and Lindor drives him in with the sacrifice fly on a really good catch by Profar. I thought it could have been more. So he goes to Raley to start this ninth inning, and the first thing he does is walk Ryan McMahon. And now I'm getting nervous. i, I got to be honest with you. Now I'm getting nervous because it goes back to the first thing I said on this pod that we'll get to later. Ranking the comfort level of these relievers and who you actually trust. Because after David Robertson, who's now out of this game, after doing his job, other than the home run in the eighth inning, you're talking about Rayleigh, Adovino, and Drew Smith as really your three options. So Rayleigh can't get the left-hander out. He leaves him in the face, Randall Randall Gritchick, because he has to keep him in with the three-batter minimum, and gets Gritchick to pop up, okay, fine. Now he's facing this rookie, Nolan Jones, and he walks him on four effing pitches. (laughs) So Raley, who did a very good job getting that save on Sunday night against Cleveland, is walking a rookie on four pitches that brings up the tying run to the plate. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. So my, my nerves are through the roof now with two on, one out, and he goes to Adam Adovino, which I have no issue with because you got a right-hander coming up. You do have Moustakis on the bench and then Charlie Blackman, but how the hell can you trust Brooks Raley? Like you're not keeping him in the game. He's just walked two of three guys to bring the tying run to the plate. So there's no way you're keeping him in this game. Adovino immediately um, gives up an infield hit, and that was the, the the crazy play that really should have been an error. It was a ground ball to third. So off the top, I'm thinking, hey, can turn the double play and end this. Escobar boots it, and then Lindor quickly picks it up, throws to second base, and the rookie Nolan Jones is way off second base. How freaking wild was that play? It goes from bad Met defense to holy crap, we're lucky. Because if Lindor doesn't make that heads-up play to throw out Nolan Jones, we're looking at bases loaded, one out, Mike Moustakis and Charlie Blackman coming up against Adam Adovino. And then after that, Profar. So three straight left-handed bats against the really, I don't care what the splits say this year, really the guy you don't want facing lefties and Adam Adovino. But thank God for Nolan Jones' base running mistake 
And thank God for Lindor. That's a look. Give him credit. That's a heads-up play by Lindor after Escobar makes the error. I know they don't call it an error. It's a base hit. My ass. It's an error. I mean, let's let's be honest. I, I begrudgingly will write down single in my scorebook, even though what are we talking about? It's an error. Like I've thought over the years, should I just score it however the hell I want to score it? Like should I just f the official score? This is an error. I'm putting it down as an error, and I. I can't do it. I, I I owe too much integrity to the what actually happened in the game. So I had to write down infield hit. But thank God for Lindor. It sets up Mike Moustakis. And major props to Adam Adovino. He strikes him out on that 2-2 pitch. And the Mets escape. And win a game, and I've said this a lot, a game that if they don't win is an unmitigated nightmare. Now, don't worry. We'll have some nightmares over the weekend. But at least on Friday night, They open this series without a nightmare, but the underlining theme, underlining, underlying theme remains. This bullpen, this bullpen from top to bottom, and this is the good part of the bullpen right now, it's tough to trust. I mean, I don't want to rip David Robertson because he really hasn't done anything wrong, but David Robertson is showing that he's human. David Robertson is now showing us, hey, I'm not going to pitch to a 0.63 ERA for the entire season. Like, that's not happening. I'm not pulling that one off. Gives up the home run to Blackman, gets through the inning fine, he did his job, but we cannot expect, and this is my point, we cannot expect David Robertson, as great as he's been, to pitch to a one and a half ERA. He's 38, 39 years old. It's, it's not going to happen. And that's the reliever that you trust the most. After that, Brooks Raley, are we trusting him? Adam Ottavino, he got the job done, but are we trusting him? And this is the best part of the bullpen. And obviously, that leads us in to Saturday. Now, Saturday is not just the Met bullpen, which we'll get to. Justin Verlander, and he's only made a handful of starts now. How many many has he made now? He's made five starts, two of which, 40%, have been god-awful. Right? Two of them have been very, very bad. Justin Verlander gave you as bad a performance as you're going to see from him. He gives up five runs in the second inning. And by the way, when you look at those five runs he gave up in the second inning, it should have been more. It should have been more. You got Brandon Nimmo making a great running catch that ended the inning. You got Starling Marte making a leaping catch on the Profar sacrifice fly. I mean, that was... <laughs> Verlander got one true out in that entire inning, but he gives up five runs. And what I was hoping for after that, it was for him to at least settle down. And I, I mean, he sort of did. He gave up another run in the third. And then, thank God, he gave you the fourth and he gave you the fifth before the Mets had to go to the bullpen. Now, I'm not trying to tell you five innings, six runs is good. It's not. It sucked. It was one of the worst performances you'll see from him other than his other one dud. But thank goodness he gave him five. Because when you watch him in the second inning, he was lucky to get through the second inning. If the Mets have to go to the bullpen in the second inning, they lose this game, you know, 15 to 7. Now, here's the positive from this game that I know some of us are going to think about. Some of us are going to put a lot of credence in this. Others of us are going to say they lost who gives a damn. They are down 5-0. They are down 6-0. 
They score a run in the fourth inning to make it six to one. They also add the Alvarez, you know, mental faux pas where he gets the triple and then picks his hand up in what appears to be a celebration and he's tagged out, which just sucked. Because at that point in the game, it's five nothing. And this is your answer to that five run second inning. You get a leadoff triple. And at minimum, you get one of those runs back. But who knows? Maybe it turns into a big inning. And instead, you're handing it out away. So you have that. You're down six. You get a run of the fourth on the Alonzo home run. Great. You're down six to one. And then in the fifth inning, and this is, this is really the part that stunned me. In the fifth inning, they got two on and nobody out, and they don't score. Let's not forget that. They got the first two guys on base with Alvarez, Nimmo, and Lindor. And Lindor actually got robbed. It won the right field, and Harold Castro made a great sliding catch. But they get two on and nobody out in the fifth. They don't score. So think about this through five innings. You have a leadoff triple that turns into an out. You don't score. Yes, you get a solo home run. Great. Then you get two on, nobody out with some of your best hitters coming up. You don't score. And you're down six to one going into the sixth inning. And that sixth inning was as stunning of an inning as we've seen in a week. <laughs> I wouldn't say all year. That's the most stunning innings that we had since uh, Friday against Cleveland. So really from a week earlier. But they put a rally together in the sixth against the Colorado bullpen because they got Chase Anderson out of the game. Chase Anderson did a great job. They get to Brent Suter. They get the first three guys on base. Brett Beatty drives in a run with an RBI double. They get the RBI ground out by Starling Marte. Canna grounds out. And then you get the Viento single, which sets up Francisco Alvarez getting an epic moment against Jake Bird on a 1-2 pitch. Down by three after the Mets make it 6-3. And he hits a bomb. Oh, what a sexy bomb by Francisco. I mean, everything about this at bat. You're down one and two, excuse me. I'm sorry. You're down one and two in the count. It's six to three. And Alvarez, and it really did feel out of nowhere because I'm watching this at bat thinking, hey, just rip a single. Just keep this rally going. That's all I'm thinking. And he just, just destroys a baseball. What is it, 20 rows deep in a left field for a three-run bomb? He gives you that pimp celebration that we all love. And the Mets come all the way back in a game that felt dead to tie this game at six. And as Alvarez is hitting the home run, what are we all doing? We're cursing Buck out. He better play on Sunday. <laughs> Move him up in the order. Why did it take so long? I mean, that's the problem when these kids do well. So he hits the home run. And, you know, credit to Dominic Leone. It's the one reliever I'll give credit to. He comes in this game and gives you a shutdown inning. Gives you a shutdown inning. Gets to a little one-out jam. And the game remains tied going into the seventh inning where the Mets get the clutch RBI single by Starling Marte to take the lead. And it's 7-6. And my brain is going into a place of, wow. Three-game winning streak, another just incredible win. I can't believe it. And little did I know, little did I know, up 7-6, nine outs away, that this bullpen was going to blow the whole game up.